All right, how we doing? I don't know about y'all, but that last song ripped me up, okay? That ripped me up. Thanks for being here. Great to have you in the room. It's good to see that we're all opened up and we can all fit in here and keep on growing. So that's great and great to have. Yeah, give it up. We're glad to be here. And uh, uh, our online community, it's always great to see you and see that continuing to expand. Uh, just heard tonight, some people in South Carolina are checking it out. And so, man, it's good. Thanks so much for being here. And uh, we're just thrilled that, that we're together in the house of God and can study literally all across America. Now, I don't know if you got your, uh, your Mother's Day gift yet, but I got a story that might help you out a little bit if you have not. It's about three brothers who kind of grew up in the same family. They moved out on the home. They became incredibly successful, mind-blowing successful. They were talking on the phone one, one day about Mother's Day, and that was coming up, and they'd said, uh, hey, have has everybody got gifts for mom? And brother number one said, well, I ordered her a brand new Mercedes in her favorite color. And brother number two chirped in and said, is that all you got, dude? Man, I'm having a brand new house built for her, all kinds of rooms, newest of everything. And brother number three jumps in and says, I got you both beat. He said, you guys remember how mom used to love to read the Bible and then her eyesight kind of got bad and she hadn't been able to read the Bible before? He said, I found a parrot it's a one of a kind, only one in the whole world, and you can teach it whole sentences. And so I hired a group of Bible scholars 12 years ago to help the bird memorize the Bible. And they just got done. The parrot is being delivered to mom's house tomorrow. All she's got to do is say book, chapter, verse, and the bird will spit out the verse. The next week, mom called all the brothers. And mom called brother number one and said, son, you know I can't drive anymore. Why would you buy me a car? It's just going to sit in the garage. She called brother number two and said, what in the world were you thinking? I can't clean that big house. I don't know how to take care of all those fancy gadgets. And to some number three, she said, thank the Lord. At least one of my boys knows what I like. Son, the chicken was delicious. Now... I don't know if that'll help you in your Mother's Day shopping, but I hope maybe it might help out a little bit. Now, I wanted, I wanted this message this weekend uh, to be a gift to the moms. That's what we're going to talk about here for just a few minutes. Single moms, married moms, stepmoms, young moms, not so young moms, in-law moms, outlaw moms, all the moms. Uh, this is our gift to you. Because last year, Man, we couldn't even come in this room, remember? We couldn't even be here. And so I wanted it this year a chance to lift up the ladies and say thank you, celebrate you, we honor you. And there's a passage of scripture that I'm gonna use today that's gonna help us do that. And uh, I just wanna walk through it. It's gonna be hopefully kind of a fun message for us a little bit. And um, you're gonna think, as I walk through this, this scripture here in a minute, you're gonna think of ladies in your life. Just like Aquila did when he sang that song a minute ago, and he's talking about his mom and his grandma, and, and I don't know how you could hear that song and not think of somebody. And so today when I go through this, you're going to be thinking of some ladies, 
And you're gonna, you're gonna find out that, that, that that lady, my grandma or my sister or somebody, man, they got it right. And uh, this is our chance to maybe celebrate them and honor them. So this text that I'm gonna read is specifically written to women. It is specifically written to women. And if you're a male in the room, you might think, well then that's not gonna have anything to do with me. That you're missing the whole point. Because what I wanna talk about is how when, when women get aligned with what God has called them to be, and a lot of women are, when women get in tune with that, everybody around them is immensely blessed by it. And so guys in the room, you're gonna think of ladies like this and you're gonna say, man, my life was so much better because of her and because who she was and what she did. And that's what this text is like and I'm gonna read it and um, before I do, I want you to know it's a little harsh, okay? It's a little pointed and you can misinterpret it and get kind of a, 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 a wrong view of it, but be patient with me. I'll explain it in a way that'll hopefully make us all feel good, especially the ladies in the room. So it comes from the book of Titus, it's chapter two. I'm gonna read it from my Bible, but we got it up here on the screen uh, for you to see as well. It goes like this, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. And then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Now, what I don't wanna do uh, this evening is I don't wanna dive into there and us get all deep and theological. We've been doing that enough here lately for a few weeks. So tonight we're not gonna do that. Uh, we don't have time to do that anyway. I just wanna kinda have a general understanding what we just read. And I'm gonna apply it to our lives a little bit. Now here, I want you to, I want you to hear this part of this passage I just read. If you've been in our virtual Bible study on Revelation, you heard last week we talked about how important it is, whatever book you're reading in the Bible, you wanna understand it, how important it is to know who wrote it, who they write it to, why did they write it. Every book is important like that. And so we looked at the book of Revelation and we found out there of why it was so important. And uh, you'll remember if you've been in that study that it was written by this guy named John who was on this island of Patmos and it was just a little bit west of Greece. It's still there now, just a little dinky, horrible piece of land. And you, you learned in that study that that's where Rome, uh, the Roman Empire threw prisoners and left them there to die. So you heard all that in the study. Now, south of that island, if you looked at a map of the globe and you found Patmos south of it, a little bit southwest, there is a much larger body of land, a larger island called Crete. It also belongs to Greece even today. And on Crete in the first century, there was a large population of people. And the Apostle Paul made his way to Crete, and we all know about Paul doing his journey, starting churches, and he made his way to Crete, and he started a church there. 
He led people to Jesus, and they became a church on the island of Crete in the first century. And quickly after that happened, Paul took off. And Paul was going on to the next town and the next place to reach people for Christ. And he left a member of his team there on Crete by the name of Titus. He said, Titus, you stay here because I want you to get these people organized. I want you to get them going on the right track and just really build them up real good, get them a good start uh, before you come and meet me. And so a little bit later, Paul wrote Titus. He wrote him a letter. And in the letter, he said, Titus, now this is what I need you to do at that new church. I need you to do all these things to get them started, get a good foundation. And that letter is in your Bible. And all the letter of Titus is, is Paul saying, here's the things to do to make it a strong church. As an example, one of them, in fact, it was the very first one, he said this, I want you to put together a good, strong team of elders. And so you'll see in chapter one of verse five of Titus, he said, the reason I, so this is Paul writing to Titus, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished. We never got to this, he said, and appoint elders in every town. And so what we know from that is very important to understand that what Paul was saying, in order for a church to be strong, a body of believers, in order for a church to really have it together and go where God wants them to be, there needs to be this team of godly, sold out, devoted elders. And that was why Titus was written. And then later in the book of Titus, the apostle Paul says, here's some other things I want you to get straight on day one. And he started talking about specific groups of people in the church. He said, I want to talk about the older men. He said, I want to talk about the older women. Then I want to talk about the younger women. And he was saying, Titus, I want you to get those people together in their own groups, and I want you to explain to them some things we need from them in order for the church to really be strong. And so he talked older women, older men, younger women. And what we just read a few minutes ago is what Paul said to the older women. This is what I want you to do to make our church strong. Now we gotta stop there for a second and we gotta interpret what older women is because some of y'all are offended already, aren't you, okay? What is an older woman? We have a lady in our church who is 101 years old and she is here every Sunday, okay? And she is dressed to the nines. Every time I see her, I am reminded there ain't nobody has an excuse not to come to church. Nobody. And anybody can clean up if you'll just try. So she looks great. So last Sunday I saw her and I went up to her and I said, how you doing, beautiful? And she said this to me, what's going on, old man? And I thought, all right, if a 101-year-old lady calls you old, dude, you've been around the block a few times. So what did Paul mean by this? What did he mean by older women? He doesn't tell us. He doesn't give us an age, you know, here you're young and there you're old. It seems to mean this. It seems to mean this, and you kind of see it in the hints of it. It seems what he's saying is that if you are a mother and you still have children at your house, you are called one of the younger women. So if you got kids in your house right now, you're going, yeah, one of the younger ones. Once your kids are out on their old... <laughs> you're not younger anymore, okay? And so that seems to be the difference. And Paul goes to the older women. He said, Titus, I want you to get the older women together. 
And I want to tell you some things that we need them to teach the younger women. And so you open up the scripture that we read and you start working through it and there are 12 things that he said, we need older women to know these things and teach these to younger women. Now, I started working through those this week and I want you to know that I could not do that without thinking about East Side. I couldn't do that without thinking about East Side. Because I'm looking at this book and saying, Paul says, man, these things gotta be in place and if they're in place, then man, the church is gonna be okay. And the history of Eastside constantly has been godly men who served as elders in our church, who loved this church, who loved the Lord, who loved the word, who loved our community, who loved people. And to be flat out honest about it, if it weren't for all the women in this church through the years who've taken care of so many things, we wouldn't even be open today. And so I look back and I say, man, whatever was happening in the book of Titus, that is happening at Eastside. Now let's talk about what was happening with the women. Because he starts to describe these are the things that we need ladies to take care of and do with. And it would be a right study. We don't have time, we're not doing it tonight, to look at all 12 of them, understand all of them. And because we don't have the time to do that, and that's not my purpose tonight, it seems to me, as I work through those 12 things, it seems to me most of them fit into one of two buckets. And all these things kind of go into these buckets. And since it's Mother's Day, I thought I'm not bringing out buckets so I asked my wife, could I have a couple of your purses tonight? So I have a couple of my wife's purses, and she brought them out last night. I said, those are all your purses? She said, you don't even want to know how many. So I, so I brought two of them, <coughs> and I want to take these purses, and I want to show you that in this listing of what we read, that if we have women around us, watch this, who are filling these purses out, with what Paul said to the older women, teach the younger women. If you have women in your life who are filling those purses, purses, then you are blessed. And it makes all the sense in the world to offer your thanksgiving to them. So let me show you what the purses are. The first purse that many things in the text that fit into that, we're gonna describe it simply with the word home. That's what we're gonna say. Now, I want to clear something up here about the text, and if you paid attention when I read it, that might have bothered you a little bit, because this is one of the most controversial texts in the whole New Testament. Because there are schools of thought among Christian scholars who believe that what Paul was saying to older women, teach younger women this, that they, what he was saying was, women stay home. Don't work outside the home, you stay home, the men will work outside the home. And there are people, and even in today's world, that they believe that's what that text means. So, stay in the kitchen and let us guys do the jobs. How's that for a Mother's Day gift, huh? How's that? I don't think that's what that means. I don't. And I know I have very little pull on the grand stage of Christendom. For what it's worth, I don't believe that's what Paul's saying. And here's why. Just think about this for a second. In the first century, no women worked outside the home. It never happened. 
In that culture, men took care of commerce and work, and women took care of the children in the home. And so why would Paul write about an issue that wasn't even an issue? That's not what he was saying. I think what Paul is trying to bring up here that you can't deny there's something here about the home and women in Scripture. There's something there. And it seems to me that what we're seeing here is that God has chosen the home to be the primary domain of the wife, of the mom, of the women. Ladies, it's your castle. We just live there with you. This is your place. And it doesn't mean that there aren't other interests. It doesn't mean that there aren't other activities outside of the home. That's not what that's saying. It's saying that God has designed you that what grabs your heart more than anything is the home. Healthy relationships in the home, activities that happen in the home, conversations in the home, the appearance of the home, the memories that are created in the home, all of that belongs to you. It reflects you, and you naturally take ownership of that. And so if there is a woman in your life that's ever been in your life who's, you look at their life and you see, they just keep putting things in the home purse because that's no, they don't, they don't, that's who they are. What happens is everybody else is blessed by that. That we're blessed by a lady who understands the value of the home and that's where the heart is because God made you that way. And that doesn't at all mean that there aren't interests and activities and things happening outside the home. It means what grabs you is the home. It always has been. Dr. Gary Smalley was a well-known Christian author. He's uh, been in heaven now for about five years, incredible family counselor, a lot of Christian books about marriage and raising kids came from Dr. Smalley. Gary said he was sitting at his kitchen table one morning having breakfast sitting in his house, eating breakfast, and he's reading his Bible, having morning devotions, and he's reading through Proverbs 31. If you've ever read Proverbs 31 in the Bible, last proverb in the Bible, the second half of that, it talks about this unbelievable lady, unbelievable. I mean, this lady does everything. She, she takes care of everybody in the home. She cuts business deals in the community. She makes her kids clothes. She feeds the neighbors. I mean, she is superwoman. And in Proverbs 31, it describes this lady. And Gary says, I'm sitting here eating breakfast, and I'm reading the, about this lady in the Bible, and my wife walks in the, the kitchen. And he said, I looked at my wife, and I said, do you know about this gal in Proverbs 31? And she's a Christian, she knew all about it, but she knew he was doing a little bit of comparison thing, so she didn't like the question. And she said to him, yeah, I know about her, what about her? And, and Gary said, well, if you know about her, then how come I don't have a hot breakfast? And she said, you want a hot breakfast? Light your cornflakes on fire, okay? So most of us have women like that in our life who understand the value of the home. And gang, when you get that, and I know a lot of you have, man, I do, 
This day, this weekend, every day ought to be an opportunity to say thank you. I am blessed because of you. It might be interesting for you to hear this of how Proverbs 31 ends after talking about this amazing lady. Here's a couple verses that stand out. Look at this. Her children arise and call her blessed. And her husband also, and he praises her. Why? Because she's pouring in to the home. Look at the last verse of the chapter. Give her the reward she's earned. Let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Not only her children, and not only her husband, but the whole community. Honor a woman who invests in the home. And gang, if you got somebody in your life like that, or you've had somebody in your life like that, you are a blessed person. And today's an opportunity to give them praise. Now, that's one of the buckets, one of the purses that I see. Let me show you what the other one is. And um, many of the other aspects of those 12 uh, instructions that Titus gave to the older women to tell the younger women comes down to uh, this purse, and I'm going to call it tone. Would one of you ladies right now go, uh-oh, would Okay, thank you. One of you's with me, okay? Now let's go back to the text. And something's happening in Crete that is problematic here. It seems that there is some gossip being going on and, and some women maybe out there saying things that they ought not say of a negative nature toward other people. There is a feel of maybe some out of control emotions and there is the abuse of alcohol and, and it seems like some craziness is happening among some of the older women. And so Paul instructs Timothy to get them together, encourage them, Talk to the younger ladies about this and improve your tone. And so we read things like, be reverent. And what reverent is, it is literally the word of how a woman in the temple would carry herself. That's what reverent means. And we, we start seeing things about positively supporting your husband, standing by his side, believing in him instead of criticizing him. We read about tenderly loving children. We read about kindness and self-control of emotions. And what is all this teaching us? What is all this teaching us? It's teaching us that ladies understand the power of your tone. And that when it is done correctly, it is a blessing to everybody around you. Now, I was talking about this with a staff member this week. I was working through this part of my sermon, and, um, and he came into my office, and we started, I'm not going to tell you who he is, because I don't want you to think anything bad about him. Um, he, he thinks heaven is in Michigan, and he was, so, but I'm not going to tell you his name, okay? So... I'm reading this, and I said, now, now Winston, I think, oh. <laughs> I said to him, I said, dude, here's what I'm seeing in this. 
And we do this often when we're preaching together. We, we talk about, what, what am I seeing? I said, I'm, I'm seeing the power of tone among women in the house. And he and I got to talking about that, and I don't know about your house. But we looked at each other and said, dude, that is so real in our house. It is so real. We both agreed, again, I don't know what it's like in your house, but the two of us have the same kind of setup, is that he or I could come home at the end of the day and we'd be in a rotten mood and mad at the world and kind of grumpy about it. And our wives, here's how their response to that is. Dude, I'm sorry about your luck, but pout over in the corner, me and the kids, man, we're gonna enjoy life. And they just go on and leave us. But if they come in grumpy, if they come in a bad mood, nobody even moves. Am I right? Am I right? Guys, don't agree, it ain't worth it, okay? Because God put in you the power of tone. It's your castle and you control it with your tone. Now, why, why would I even bring it up? Because a lot of us have women in our lives who filled this purse right. And if there's a time to thank them and praise them and honor them, they deserve it because they did that right. Now, I hope you see up here, and I put, hope you can put two and two together and see what we're talking about from Titus chapter two. I have a strong church, a strong force in the kingdom of God. We want the Christian community to really be going, doing well and growing. Here's the thing that's gotta happen. Man, we gotta have elders and we gotta have older women teaching younger women, watch this, about the tone of the home. That if we can teach the tone of the home, Everybody around is blessed because of that. Now, kind of wrap this up, and I want, to, I want to tell you a little thing that happened to me last week. I was flipping through Facebook, and this picture popped up. And it was a, it was a page um, where I went to Bible college. And so I went to Bible college a 1,000 years ago, and, and our school has a Facebook page account, and so somebody uses that every once in a while and posts old pictures. And so that's my college. It's not a big college, it's a little college, and kind of everybody who ever went to that college kind of have an affinity for it, and, and so every once in a while they'll post an old picture, and you'll look at it and say, man, I remember them, I remember them. And this picture was about six or seven uh, old professors that that many of us had years ago, and most of those people are in heaven now. And uh, I looked at that old picture, and I blew it up, and I had a caption under it, do you remember these people? And I started looking at different faces, and yeah, I remember him, and I remember her, and I was reliving, oh, they taught me this, and I remember learning that from them. And my eyes went on this guy in the back row, and I'm looking at him, wonderful Christian man who's in heaven now, and I remember the class. This is 40 years ago. I remember the class when he told us about his wife. 
He said his wife had been ill for quite a long time and none of us had ever met his wife. Been ill for a long, long time and it started to affect her, her mind and she was now in a, in a rest home. And I don't know if even, we even knew about dementia back in those days too much and, and she was there and he said, I go, I go two times every day and I spend some time with her and I feed her and, and I do that every day and I've been doing that for a long, long time. And I remember him telling us that because he couldn't get back to a class or something. I got to be with my wife. He was telling us that story and he said this. He said, I ran into a guy uh, recently who said to me, why don't you just kind of move on? Why, why don't you not you know, consume yourself. You gotta be here two times every day and feed her and all. Why don't you just move on? And he said this to him, and I, and I remember it 40 years ago. He said this to my professor. He said, she doesn't even know who you are. And the professor looked at his critic and he said this, ah, but I know who she is. And she is my wife and the mother of my children. And I will serve her until the day that we die. You have women in your life who have that figured out. And this is the weekend to stand up and call them blessed and honor them with everything you have. Maybe a, maybe a car. Maybe a house. Maybe a chicken dinner. <laughs> Father, thank you for the beauty of your word. Thank you for how you just design it all. And, and when we stay within the design, it's just an incredible life. And there's a lot of people that have been blessed by that design. And I pray that this is a great weekend for every one of them. And there's some, Lord, that just didn't get that. And I, I hate that. That stinks that something this beautiful would, would be robbed from certain people. And I, I just pray that you bring people into their life that can give them reason to celebrate the, the beautiful gift that you have given us in the service of women to humanity. You get the praise and you get the honor in the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen.